For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe O'Rico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We're still posting content out there every single day, podcasts and articles. You guys can go and check those out, like I said, at EthosFantasyBB. You guys need to be checking out SportsEthos.com as well. We have a lot of new content coming out there every single day fantasy-related, wagering-slash-gambling-related, DFS. We have team coverage, a lot of great stuff over there, especially with NFL just around the corner. I didn't even realize it was like a week and a half away now from the NFL season uh, getting underway. So we have a lot of content over there on the football side, and basketball is also starting to ramp up. So a lot of fun uh, over there at sportsethos.com. We're going to talk about some news that has come out over the weekend. I am going to touch a little bit on Shohei Otani. I talked about him I think it was last Wednesday. I'm just going to double-check that. I think it was last Wednesday when he left his start. Yeah, it was. Um, And then I just briefly uh, mentioned how annoying it was on Thursday. I didn't really get into it. And then Friday we did our streamers, our starting pitcher streamers, which we went six for six on. Uh, in our, or excuse me, four for four in our starting pitcher streamers this weekend. They all did very well. Uh, So I was happy there. But we didn't get to really talk that much about Shohei Otani. Everybody's heard at this point he's done for the season in terms of pitching. Now, I'm not sure if they're actually going to have surgery on his elbow or not. It's his UCL that is torn, and I'm not sure if they're going to actually have elbow surgery on it. Now, I also don't know if it's fully torn, if it's partially torn, because that does make a difference, I think, in the recovery. If it's fully torn, then you need to have surgery. If it's partially torn... I have heard it talked about uh, in a couple of places on different shows and you know different articles that maybe he does uh, just does a rehab of however long it'll take and tries to avoid surgery. That is a possibility. I think if he's going to pitch again and be effective the way he was before, uh, you know, honestly, even as I say that, it's kind of hard to envision it because if the one way is surgery, a second Tommy John surgery then I don't know how successful he's really going to be able to be on the mound after two Tommy John surgeries. I'm not looking at a list of players who've had two Tommy Johns. It generally doesn't lead to a rosy outlook on your career after having that surgery twice. It's pretty invasive on the arm, and after going through it twice, I don't know if he's going to be able to get those same velocities back and have the same kind of stuff that he's had uh, over these last couple of years, the last three or so years uh, specifically. If he doesn't have surgery, then is it going to be able to recover fully and get back to that same place where he can, A, even pitch again, and B, pitch to the same level that we saw before? I'm of the opinion that we're never going to see him pitch to the same level that we saw before. But I think one way or the other, Shohei Otani does get back out on the mound eventually. <clears throat> we also have to factor in the you know, the fact that he is 
you know, they call him the unicorn all the time, so it's kind of a stale name at this point, but he is a very hard player to analyze because he is just so unique, somebody that doesn't come along very often. You know, if you want to comp him to other sports, you can look at like LeBron James and Tom Brady in terms of how their bodies operated. We can't we couldn't, you know, because Brady's done, LeBron's really winding down now. We couldn't really and even LeBron winding down, he's still an all-star level player. We can't really look at those players and say we know what's going to happen with their bodies. I think Shohei is in that same grouping of players because we don't really know how he's going to respond and if it's going to be differently than the other players would respond under a same situation, having a couple of Tommy John surgeries. I don't think, that being said, he's going to be able to get back to these same heights because the heights we've seen him as a pitcher have been ace-level Cy Young-worthy pitching for these last couple of seasons. For his career as a pitcher, he is a 301 ERA, a 329 XFIP. If you go look at his Sierra, it's 338. If you look at his strikeout numbers, 31.2 strikeout percentage, 8.9 walk rate. He's an elite pitcher. He is an absolutely elite starting pitcher. To get back to that point after TJ, another TJ, and not to, not to belabor the point, but it's just a, a very serious thing to have to come back from. I'm not sure we ever see him at that point again. There might come a point, and we might be you know, getting to that point over these next couple months where Shohei just decides to focus solely on hitting. And the thing that is kind of strange as of right now is that Shohei is still being trotted out there in the Angels' lineups. He is in the lineup tonight batting second against the Phillies. And I don't think he's even missed a game in this whole time period that he's been... Uh, you know, since he came out with that start last week, he hasn't missed a game as the designated hitter. He's still gone out there, stealing bases and hitting triples. It's 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 incredibly strange. I know that the UCL is not directly you know linked to your swing. I don't know the arm, the body is such a complex thing. It's very hard to really. I don't can't really wrap my head around it, but it's not directly linked to how you swing. So you can still go out there and bat. It's hard to see why he is at this point making. It doesn't like any added risk, putting any added risk onto his own body, considering what just happened, and considering that he's a free agent, that's probably taken a, <clears throat> a good chunk of change off of what he's going to be able to get in the offseason. Continuing to play, we, we know what you can do, Shohei, as a batter. You scored 100 runs this season already with a month left to go. You got 44 homers, 92 ribbies. You're batting 305. You steal bases. You almost got 20 steals as well. There's no need to, to prove it any farther. The Angels are not making the playoffs this season. I think that much is very much understood. The division, they're 11 and a half games back. That is not happening. The wild card, they're 10 and a half games back. Why is Shohei still playing? That part of it really doesn't make sense to me. So I, there's a lot to really unpack here. We kind of just have to see what happens over these next couple months with Shohei. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to rank him next season, especially doing rankings like for... I mean, the different platforms. I don't really do rankings for different platforms. I just more do roto rankings, and then I'll do a separate. I forget how I did it this year with Otani. I'm trying to think back. I think I ranked him separately as a pitcher and a hitter. I forget how it works with Fantasy Pros now. But that'll be very interesting to see, like, if he is just a batter only, where is he going in drafts next season? Like, if you're looking, Yahoo does, you know, separate batter and pitcher. Shohei Otani, batter, is the number two ranked player on the season. It's like he is still arguably, you know, in contention for the number one spot, even without the pitching aspect of it. So it, there's also the added injury risk. But if he's not pitching, then that kind of removes some of the injury risk from Otani as a whole. So there's a lot to unpack here. I don't know that he's going to re-sign with the Angels. I've heard it said from a few people. I was listening to in this league 
and Bogman and Welsh were talking, I think it was Welsh specifically said that he thinks it's more likely Otani's going to go back to the Angels now. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea at this point. I think maybe it makes it a little bit more likely he doesn't know what he's going to be able to get on the market. He's already familiar with these doctors or something. I, I don't really know. He's going to get a, a king's ransom on the open market, I think, either way. However, it does shake out. Uh, whether it's $500 million or $350, $400 million, $250, I'm not really sure what the exact figure is going to look like. Between the endorsements and the money that he gets from playing baseball, he's going to be pretty okay, though, uh, one way or the other for sure. It'll be, it'll be interesting to follow because obviously we want to see him do everything that he's done for these last couple of years. We've never seen this before. It's been fairly fleeting. I don't know how long we expected it to go on for, but it's only been two and a half, three years of Shohei doing both at the elite level that he was kind of hyped to do when he came over here in 2017 or whenever it was, 2018. It'd be really shitty thing if we never get to see that again. Even if it's just to some degree, it'd be nice to see him be able to get back and pitch and, and hit because it's it's crazy to see those those updates, those stat lines. Uh, when you see, you know, Otani strikes out the side in the top of the first, hits a 460-foot homer in the bottom half. It's like, I don't know how often we're going to see that, and especially if this continues, uh, you know, his arm problem. We, uh, who knows if we're going to see this ever again, if, if teams are going to even bother taking the risk. So got to appreciate him while he's here. Hopefully he's able to get back and be what uh, he has been in the last couple of years. But I think the most interesting part of it is wondering where we will draft him next year. And I guess his team will matter for sure if he goes to the Dodgers you could make a very strong case, even if he's a you know pitcher or excuse me batter only in that lineup with Mookie and Freeman, that he would be the number one pick even over Acuna. You could make the argument. We'll have that talk uh, throughout the off season, but I just did want to rant a little bit here in front of the microphone about Shohei because obviously it's a huge topic right now. The UCL has not been kind. The UCL gods have not been kind because Felix Batista he hurt himself on Saturday. Uh, no, sorry, Friday. He hurt himself Friday. Uh, he threw a pitch. It was 102.3, 102.5, or something like that. And the thing with Batista, and it was pointed out uh, by a friend of mine. We were at we were out um, on Friday when the injury happened, and he pointed it out to me. He was obviously very distraught, and he was saying, every time Batista throws the ball, it just looks like there's so much effort. Like he's trying to literally just throw it as absolutely hard as he can. And I guess there's the that can be good, you know, throwing it very hard. He does. You can touch 100 and 203 miles an hour. But that is going to strain your arm, and he does have a UCL injury. Whether or not it's because of how hard he throws or because of some other factors, I don't know. It doesn't look like we're going to see Felix Batista pitching again this season. I think it's too soon in a lot of cases to drop him. If you have no IL spots, though, in that case, I'd probably be dropping him. And at this time of year, too, there is another element to the equation, right? If you are in a head-to-head league and you're like last week of the regular season, uh, you know first week of the playoffs, and you're a t- you know a top team with a bye, then right now you don't really need to do anything. Even if you don't have those free IL spots, you can just kind of leave him there and see what happens over the next week or so. If the news is that it doesn't seem so serious, Batista looks like he's going to come back. Now, I I really don't think he's going to come back. I think that he is done, um, but we don't really have a. F- full-blown outlook on this. It's just discomfort. They haven't said they're doing surgery. We don't have any kind of timeline. That's why I'm a little bit hesitant. You know, they're going to be probably a couple of different doctors to take a look at him. Maybe another one takes a look and says, it's not actually that serious. Rest it for a couple weeks and he'll come back. Will the Orioles want to take that chance with Felix Batista, given how huge he has been for them, given how they probably see him as a piece of the future? I'm not really sure. This is kind of their 
first shot at it uh, for the Orioles in this window of contention for them? Are they going to push all the chips into the middle with Batista right now? I don't know. Closers are kind of volatile. Batista wasn't expected to be this good anyway. He's a 28-year-old reliever. I don't know what they're going to do with him, and I think a lot of it depends on the severity of the injury, which is kind of still, we don't really know. They're still undergoing tests. Yes, it's, it's a UCL injury, which likely does mean that he's not going to pitch again, but I'd st- I wouldn't be rushing to drop him unless you really truly need the space. Let's just see how it shakes out here. We still have about five weeks left in the season. Anything could happen, and the worst thing you could possibly that could ha- possibly happen to you is you rush to drop Felix Batista, and then a couple days from now we hear injury's not that serious, expected back at the end of the 15 days. Most pe- most pitchers, most relievers, most anybody you hear a UCL injury, and I'd be wanting to drop them. But the fact that Batista has been literally like a top 10 fantasy asset, not top 10 pitcher, not a top 10 reliever, a top 10 fantasy asset in general. If you look at Yahoo's player ranker, he's sixth. Sometimes they're a little bit skewed with Yahoo, but that's generally like not so far off. He's wherever you look, Razball or whoever does ratings, ESPN, whatever. For category leagues, he's been about as good of a pick as you could have made this year, based on the value of how good he's been. the The quality of the player to me does dictate how long I'm going to hold on to them. If they told us he's done for the season, obviously you drop him. But because we don't have that kind of ruling yet, I am still holding Felix Batista where I do have him. Now, if you can pick up Inier Cano, he's probably the guy that is going to get the lion's share of the same. Now, there's also. Um, I've, I've always butchered the name because I don't listen to when I listen to when I watch games. I usually don't have the volume on. There's usually a couple games going on at once. Typically, don't have the volume on. Danny Columbi, Columbe, I'm th- I'm something like that. C O U L O M B E. He's a reliever for the Orioles. I think that there is a chance that he could also get you know some chances. Uh, here down the stretch. Not to say that he's going to get a lot of them, but the fact that he is a lefty does make me think that there's a chance that he could get some of these saves uh, down the stretch. And you can know, you know, if they're facing three righties, three tough righties, then, yeah, he's going to be the guy getting the save. Columbia, Columbia, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I really do tend to butcher names, especially relievers. Uh, he's been very good this season, too. 270 ERA, 110 whip, uh, three wins and a couple saves. And he did have a save on August 25th. I think if you're talking about a situation where, let's say it's two lefties and a righty coming up in the bottom of the ninth inning and he hasn't been used, like there's a good chance he could be used as a save guy. In a save hold league, I think he is definitely a guy for you. He's got 19 holds and two saves so far this year. I think that he could get some of the chances, specifically in deeper leagues. In your 10, 12-team leagues, I'm not sure that he's the guy. I'd probably still go with Cano there. He'll get more of the opportunities, I think, um, given that majority of batters are right-handed. That tends to be how it works. I think that he'll get a lot of the chances, but Colombe, even if you're just talking a saves league, he's been pretty good for ratios this year, especially recently. Hasn't given up a run over the last month, striking guys out at a good rate, 51 Ks in 40 innings. Uh, so he's definitely somebody else to keep uh, an eye on for that injury. You Darvish, uh, just before I started recording today, when I was putting together uh, you know, last-minute additions to the show sheet, you Darvish went on the IL with elbow inflammation. This is not good. He's been really not good over the last few starts, specifically these last three. Uh, before that, it was a pretty good stretch, but overall, he hasn't been that great this year. A 456 ERA, uh, a 130 whip. He's got 141 Ks and 136 innings. Not bad, but a strikeout per inning. Uh, and he's got eight wins for the Padres so far. 
I am not at the point with you, Darvish, where I think you need to hold him. You know, the difference with him and, you know, Felix Batista, why are you holding Batista? Well, Batista's been absolutely lights out this year. Darvish has been pretty awful this year. The elbow inflammation, who knows what that's going to look like when he comes back. I know, you know, with Batista, it's the same thing. It's an elbow. It's all about how good he has been. And again, with all these players, it really does, like I mentioned earlier, come down to where you are in your season right now. If it's Roto, if it's head-to-head, if you're in a points league, it's, it's all very different. If you're in a head-to-head situation right now where you need every single warm body to be contributing, I don't think you, Darvish, or Felix Batista can really move the needle for you. If you're in a spot where you are way out ahead in front, then, you know, you, you have that luxury of being able to wait and see and seeing the severity of these injuries. But I think, by and large, Darvish is a drop and Batista is a hold. If you want to hold Darvish, you can. He was, he's eligible to come back September 10th at this point. You know, a lot of head-to-head seasons are going to be ending September 24, kind of that range, I think. Um, that kind of week, let me see when the when the Sunday would be. Yeah, I think it's the 24th. A lot of seasons will end. Some of them maybe even the 17th. So is there a lot of r- wiggle room in there for Darvish to get built back up and give you three innings and four innings? I don't really know that there is. Uh, I think in a lot of spots, I'm pretty comfortable sending him back to the waiver wire right now. Another guy that I'm pretty comfortable dropping to is Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman also went on the IL today. He has a sprained finger. He hurt it a couple weeks ago lifting weights. The Blue Jays, in their infinite wisdom, did not do anything about it. Kept trotting him out there in games. He batted 152 over the last couple weeks. Just absolutely brilliant management from my team here as we are trying to get into the playoffs, falling back. Chapman has been brutal for the last month, 16 for his last 85. Only one dinger in that time frame. The season as a whole has been absolutely awful for Matt Chapman. He started out on an absolute tear the first couple weeks of the season. People were trading everything for him and saying he was God's gift and everything like that. He's got 15 home runs, 15 home runs for Matt Chapman, 50 RBIs. He's been a regular in the middle to later, like, you know, four through seven part of that lineup, 50 RBIs. He's batting 248, which for him is actually, you know, pretty damn good, all things considered. But at this point of the year, considering how piss poor he has been in the Blue Jays offense has been as a whole. He is a drop for me in a lot of cases. I really don't see the need to be holding on to him in your 10 and 12 team leagues. Now in NFBC leagues, if anybody who listening plays in the NFBC, if you're playing in a 15 team league where you need a third baseman, you need corner and middle infielders, you need five outfielders, there's big rosters. Matt Chapman is still somebody that I'm holding in those situations just because there's really not that many options. For most of you listening, that's not the case. Most of you are probably playing in 10 or 12-team leagues. Yahoo, CBS, ESPN, Fantrax, take your pick. In those situations, one-third baseman, 12-team league, 10-team league, even if it's a one-third baseman, 15-team league scenario, Matt Chapman is not a hold for me. And, you know, some people will make the argument in any format he's probably a drop at this point. And I'd be be hard to make an argument against it, honestly. He's just been so awful. In those deeper leagues, there's really just not that many options. So I understand holding on, and I I have him in one league, uh, which actually is a draft champions league, so I couldn't drop him even if I wanted to, just thinking about it. Um, but I, you know, I would understand going either side there. I don't think that he's a must roster in in any situation though. At this point, he has been he's been pretty pretty atrocious. Uh, not what he wanted. I believe he's hitting the free agent market this year too. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of money he gets. Uh, I doubt he's coming back to Toronto though. At this point, I do want to just double check that. I think he is uh, a free agent at the end of this season. Matt Chapman contract and UFA for 2024. Yeah, this is the last year. 
uh, for him on this deal. We'll see what happens. I doubt he's coming back to Toronto, though. Uh, one last piece of news we got here, and it's actually some good news. We got it yesterday, uh, yesterday morning. Chase Silseth, so he got hit. The Angels are just such a, such a shit show. There was a play where he was hit in the head. It was Trey Cabbage threw a ball across the diamond from first to third. He hit Silseth in the head. Um, and he was down for a couple minutes. He actually, it was weird. He like walked a couple steps and then he fell over uh, after he got hit. It was like a delayed kind of reaction. I guess it took his body like a minute to kind of process it. Um, but he was released from the hospital. He was released from the hospital and he's going to rejoin the team. So this is very good news. Uh, a lot of people have dropped Chase Silseth. I'm of the opinion that you're still probably holding him in a lot of cases in those shallow, shallow leagues. You know, 10 teamer, I'm probably dropping him, but in a 12 teamer, I still like the idea of rostering him uh, we, until we really know like what the situation is. There's no sign that there's a concussion here, which is really good. And there's still talk that he may even be able to start this weekend against Oakland. In Oakland, great team to pitch against in a good ballpark there. I'm holding him in, a, in deeper leagues, you know, some 12-team leagues and definitely 15-team leagues, just to see if he's able to make that start against the Athletics. That's a great position uh, to be in, even if he's only able to go five innings or so. We'll have to see what the scenario is for his health. In those shallow leagues, you know, if you added him in a 10, and even you know some 12-team leagues, I can understand, uh, you know, small roster, 12-team leagues dropping him. But in a lot of cases, uh, this is really the best-case scenario. They could have said, Conky, he's concussed. He's not pitching again this year or something like that, which would have just been grand for the Angels rotation, which is already screwed. Um, but at this point, it's we got the best news that I think we could have possibly gotten with Chase Silseth. So I think I'm holding on to him in a lot of cases right now. The very shallow daily change leagues, you probably don't need to, but look ahead. Uh, if he does get the start on the weekend in Oakland, you know, some of you are in the first week of your fantasy playoffs. That could potentially be a really nice stream, even if it's only a few innings, four innings, five innings, just to get those ratios a little bit down, get a few Ks in there. Uh, we have seen the strikeout upside with Chase Silseth, so just a little bit of an update on him there. But that will do it for us today, guys. I really appreciate everybody kicking off your week with us. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We are going to continue going here five days a week throughout the off season. I've said this a couple times. Maybe I'll take a break here or there, but I do want to continue that streak. This is 381 uh, straight days of a podcast, I believe we are at now. So I'm going to try and keep that one going throughout the off season. Uh, you guys can show your support by subscribing to the podcast, letting us know what you think with a five-star review. That would be really a great thing you guys can do. People are starting to go and absorb football content, which is expected this time of year. But you guys can help offset some of that damage with a little review, uh, some news, whatever you guys uh, review, rating, whatever they call them on the different uh, sites that they got. But that'll do it for me, guys. Uh, you can check me out over on Twitter. I'm at JoeRico99, also at EthosFantasyBB, where we post all of our daily content. Everything we got going on over there, you can also find at Sports Ethos on Twitter and also the website, SportsEthos.com. Guys, that'll do it, though. We'll see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow is Tuesday. We're going to have a couple more Tuesdays throughout the year, and they will continue to be mailbags answering your questions both on Twitter and here on the show. If you guys want to get in on that, go ahead and check out that tweet. That'll be up tomorrow uh, midday. We're going to post that, so that will be uh, tomorrow's show. But that's enough out of me, guys. Go enjoy tonight's baseball. And until tomorrow, take care, have a great night, and cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.